0: Got to be extremely frustrating for Satan. (laughs) The Gospel of John, chapter 7. The Gospel of John, chapter 7. Now, one of the things that if you read John chapters 1 through 12, John chapters 1 through 12 is about the ways of God with the world. It is meant to be read by people who do not know Christ. That was the principal focus. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those three Gospels are basically uh, introductory books for new believers. (laughs) Now, you find the Gospel in those books, but they're basically discipleship material for new believers John chapters 1 through 12 is meant for non-Christians to read. So they would see who it is that is being spoken of as these, as these Christians are going around the Mediterranean world, gospeling people, telling people this good news, what it is about, and who it is about, and what are what is the manifestation of how this reality impacts people. And Here are the mighty, 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 and multiply that by ten, claims of Christ. And how does the world handle those claims? And it varies a lot. And as we have already seen in John's Gospel, and we will see more of it, there is a lot of opposition. The principle most forthright and determined opposition is from the Jewish leadership. Why? Shouldn't these be the most Bible-aware, enlightened people, people with the with Bible goggles on all the time looking? No, they're not. They should be, but they're not. Instead, what were they? Well, they were neat-tidy religious folks, who knew what length their sleeves should be. I'm not exaggerating how long, exactly the right precise length of their sleeves, exactly the right angle of their skull cap, and exactly what foods to eat and foods not to eat, and how to do all these. They actually made up extra rituals. In fact, you find in the gospel where the Jews, Jesus comes into this one Pharisee's home. He's invited this Pharisee's home for, for, for dinner. And he saw Jesus did not wash his hands before he ate. How dare you not wash your hands before you? He's not talking about germs. He's not talking. No, they had a special ritual way. They had made up of how to wash your hands and just, to, I mean, how the angle of your hand and the water coming. And, and Jesus hadn't done that ritual form of hand-washing before he sat down to eat. And the fellow was very offended that this ritual they had made up, Jesus isn't doing. They're making up a form of righteousness that has nothing to do with God's word. They, in fact, are violating God's word. They had turned the temple into a literal den of thieves the temple was a money producing venue for them and they were making great livings off of what would have become a criminal enterprise and that's why they're so offended at Jesus because he is a gigantic threat to their criminal enterprise and what did Jesus? Jesus cleansed the temple twice at the beginning End close of his earthly ministry, he cleanses the temple, and both times he declares it to be a den of thieves. But he cleanses it. He overturns the tables of the money changers. He runs the animals out of the temple that are in there being sold to the, they're not supposed to be there. And now he didn't set the doves free. He gave the caged doves to the, take him out because after all you can't run after a dove and catch it (laughs) but he cleansed the temple at both the beginning well that is a giant threat to the Jewish leadership they oppose him but men and women of every level oppose him but also men and women of every level allow him to embrace them men and women of every level here but it's interesting The principal positive response was from the people whom the religious leadership had already disowned and said, oh, you've got no chance. Now, there were religious leaders that did respond. We saw Nicodemus in chapter 3. He responds. And in John's gospel, you've got Nicodemus coming to Jesus by night. Doesn't want to be seen. You have to be from God. Or these signs that you just did when you cleansed the temple. And he did a massive number of signs. You couldn't have done those signs unless God is with you. And then he shows up again. Halfway through when he makes a half-hearted attempt to defend Jesus in the Sanhedrin. And then he's one of the two men receiving the body of Jesus from the cross. That's when he comes out publicly. Three years after he came to a right understanding of Jesus 3 years before he is willing to take the public stand for Jesus and what we see in John's gospel is what kind of this is the issue being addressed in chapters really chapter 2 especially through chapter 12 what kind of faith what kind of belief do you What's what's the sort of belief that you have at the close of chapter 2? And I know I'm repeating myself, but that's good. Repetition is the price of learning. What does it say at the close of chapter 2? Jesus has cleansed the temple. He's done many, many, many signs such that it prompts Nicodemus to come to him and says, you have to be from God. And many believed in him, but he did not commit himself To them because he knew what was in all men what level of belief do you have and the last three weeks we spent in chapter 6 where Jesus has fed the 5,000 he's walked on the water and then they come to him okay we want another sign from you and we're going to specify the sign is more bread and Jesus says no I am the bread of life I am the bread of life you need to partake of me by the way, there's a marketplace right here where you can buy bread. <laughs> you, I am the bread of life. And then he is so emphatic as he has already formerly been. I am the son of God. I have been sent. I have been sent by my father to do these works so that you will understand who I am and come to me. And I am sent from heaven. I'm sent from heaven. I'm sent from heaven. Have I made myself clear? I've been sent from heaven. And it says in John 6, many of his disciples, this is a hard saying. If somebody came to you and did a massive, did mighty miracles in front of you, and then said to you, David, I am Come in the flesh. So that's who I am, standing before you. What causes you, even despite the evidence? Really? Of all the billions of people who have walked this planet without this kind of manifestation... I'm one of those ones elevated to the place where I am witnessing the works of God the Son. Beca- uh, 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 it's, I'm seeing the evidence for you, but I don't believe I could possibly qualify. I think that's one of the things that's really an unwritten statement. We all, Satan is just sitting on your shoulder, folks, telling you why you're not fit why you couldn't possibly be qualified for that kind of blessing and elevation from God you're not good enough well yeah thank you I know that I'm a sinner I'm a sinner I deserve the lake of fire it. but God what is God's favorite word the Bible tells us God's favorite word mercy 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 is undeserved forgiveness. I'm so glad that's our God's favorite word because that is all of our principal need. And his mercy, which is not getting what we deserve, his grace, which is getting what we don't deserve. What we read in Psalm 34, what is David talking about? The mercy and grace that comes to those who do the simple task of transferring their trust from themselves, their own goodness, to what Jesus has done for us. So here in John chapter 7, verse 1, After these things, after all of this dispute there in Capernaum and all of this, John chapter seven verse one. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, which is where Capernaum is, for he did not want to walk in Judea, because the Jews, the Jewish leadership, sought to kill him. Now the, let me stop right there. Remember a couple of chapters ago Jesus was in Jerusalem. He healed the man at the pool of Bethesda. Oh, shame on you, Jesus. It's the Sabbath day. How dare you perform a miracle? How dare you perform an act of God on the Sabbath day? <laughs> and Jesus says to this man, a sovereign healing. The guy doesn't even know who it is that's talking to him. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Well, I can't be healed because every time the water moves, I don't get there fast enough. And Rise, take up your bed, and go home. And the man was totally, who'd been infirm for 38 years, rose, rolled up his cot, was carrying it out of the area when the Jewish leadership stopped him and said, shame on you, you're carrying your cot on the Sabbath day, you're breaking the Sabbath law. Well, the man who healed me told me to do it. Who was that that told you to carry your cot? Not Who was that that healed you? They're not interested in what God's doing. (laughs) They're not interested. He takes up his. then, Then Jesus later discloses himself to this guy and he went and turned Jesus in. And it literally says in that chapter, they put Jesus on the hit list. They determined to kill him. Because he broke the Sabbath. And then they find Jesus and they confront him about it. And he says, oh, yeah, I did. Because that was an act of God. Oh, by the way, I am doing everything that I do. All of these miracles I'm doing are doing and done in the power and in, in imitation of my father. I am the one sent from heaven. <gasps> now they put him on the hit list a second time. I mean, it says this. They put him on the hit list a second time. We've got two reasons now to kill you because you are making yourself equal with God. Yes, yes, yes. And then the rest of that chapter is, is explaining to them why they had gotten it right. And then we go to chapter 6, which we, I just described. And now we come to chapter 7. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to go walk in Judea, where the temple, where Jerusalem was, because the Jews, the Jewish leadership, sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brothers, therefore, said to him, and we know these, the names of these four fellows. Depart from here, Galilee, and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see these works that you were doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. These are his four brothers. His younger brothers, the actual fruit of the marriage of Joseph and Mary. If you do these, by the way, we know from the gospel, earlier in the gospel, they were all present when Jesus turned the water into wine. They, they saw that miracle. And now they're saying, if you do these things, because people who don't want to bow the knee to God, no evidence is ever enough. How can you say if you do these things? They saw that miracle. For e verse 5, for even his brothers did not believe in him. Then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come. It's not time for me to go to Jerusalem and allow those people to kill me. <laughs> my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. And always repent. The world cannot hate you. Why? Because they're part and parcel of it. The world cannot hate you. But it hates me. Because I testify of it. That its works are evil. You go up to this feast. This feast of tabernacles. I'm not yet going up to this feast. For my time has not yet fully come. Now, what he's talking about, ultimately, is called the triumphal entry. That's when he will go and declare without any editing at all, yes, I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. You go to this feast. I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. When he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. But... When his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were, in secret. Then the Jews, the Jewish leadership, sought him at the feast. Where is he? Now, one of the things for us to remember is cameras had not been invented yet. They don't have pictures of Jesus. They don't know, what he. unless you happen to have been present with him, at some time when he's doing something in public with his name, badge on, you know. They don't know what he looks like. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? The Jews sought him at the feast saying, Where is he? And there was much complaining, murmuring, grumbling among the people concerning him. Some said, He is good. Others said, no, on the contrary, he deceives the people. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews, the Jewish leadership. That's how big a threat those people, those men were. You better not be threatening our criminal system here. You better not be upsetting us. No one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews, but about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters having never studied? Now, the thing is, you have to get later on in the text when you realize they don't know this is Jesus. Jesus goes into the temple, they don't know what he looks like. This guy just walks into the temple. He's obviously the way he's dressed and his mannerisms. So he isn't part of the Jewish leadership. He doesn't have the neat, tidy, pharisaical uh, garb on and all that. But he goes into the temple and he takes a rabbinical seat and he starts to teach. But he's obviously out of the common element of the people. But he's doing an outstanding, unbelievably fantastic job of expositing the scripture in God's ways in the in this world, and they're wowed by this peasant that is doing such a marvelous job. How does this man know letters having never studied? He didn't go to our Pharisee. He didn't study under Gamaliel. He didn't study under Nicodemus. He didn't study under all these people. Who is this guy? Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. Ah, that's true. I didn't go to the Pharisaical or Sadduceical schools. I went to God's school. I was schooled by God. My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. There is someone who is governing this entire process. If I happen to be getting something wrong, do you know what? The one who instructed me will instruct you to correct what I said to you if I got it wrong. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority, my own initiative. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. Well, (coughs) my name is Gamaliel. Oh, we've heard of you, Gamaliel. You are the mightiest professor amongst all the Pharisees. Why, even that fellow Saul of Tarsus who later became the Apostle Paul, would say of himself, I was a student of Gamaliel. Well, the rabbis who are running around building a reputation for themselves, eh, (laughs) but if their motivation is building a reputation for God, not themselves, hmm, I wonder if I might be better off paying attention to those who are elevating God instead of when we're talking about God (laughs) rather than elevating themselves. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority, my own initiative. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true he is authentic he is the one who is trustworthy his teaching will have integrity <coughs> and no unrighteousness is in him what is jesus saying about he said you can test me test me test me test me test me and you will never find anything that is not in step with what you already know from the Hebrew Scriptures. It will be absolutely undiluted truth. What does Jesus say about the Hebrew Scriptures in the Sermon on the Mount? Write down, it is all of God. Write down to the spelling. (laughs) I tell you about the law, not one Thing will be will fail. Every jot—that's the smallest Hebrew letter. The yod. It's about twice the size of an apostrophe. All the other letters are the same size. The yod is about one twentieth the size of the other letters. The yod and the tittle. The tittle is a little projection <laughs> on a letter. Right down to the spelling, it's all going to be fulfilled and. That's true of the Hebrew Scriptures. It's also true of Jesus' words and those of the apostles. The New Testament, we have the same promise. All Scripture, the apostle Paul tells us, is given by inspiration of God, is theopneustos, God-breathed, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped unto every good you will never be harmed by an accurate understanding of God's word. It will always bring help to your body, soul, and spirit. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who speak, who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness in, is in him. Did not Moses give you the law? You're testing me. Did not Moses give you the law? We all agree Moses was a spokesman from God. Are you keeping the law? You see, it's one thing to have a a grasp of what it says. It's another thing to do. it. Those are completely different categories. Moses, therefore, gave you. Excuse me again. Verse 19. Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? What? You're just some peasant guy that showed up and sat down in a chariot. We don't even know who you are. We've listened to what you said, and this is marvelous stuff. It's it's drawn our attention, but what are you talking about? Who's seeking to kill you? They don't know this is Jesus. Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work and you all marvel. What was the one work? It was the work a couple chapters ago when he healed the man at the pool of Bethesda and they put him on the hit list. I did one work and you all marvel. You admit a miracle was done, but nasty, nasty, nasty Jesus did it on the Sabbath. I did one work and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision. Now that it is not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. Moses wrote about it. When did circumcision come about as a practice among the Jews? It's described in Genesis chapter seventeen. When Isaac is born and and it was specified in the book of Leviticus that every single newborn male baby among the Jews was to be circumcised on the eighth day. On the eighth day of his life. Not before, not after, on the eighth day, on the eighth day, on the eighth day. Moses, therefore, gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. It's pre-Moses, but he records the event. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If that eighth day happens to be on the Sabbath, guess what? You perform that work, of circumcision on the eighth day. You're violating the law of the Sabbath while you're keeping the law of circumcision. Did you know God built the breaking of the law into the law? You couldn't keep the law without breaking the law. Couldn't God have just kind of maneuvered things a little bit so there were no self-contradictions in the law? Yes, he could have, but he chose not to because he was wanting to make the point Jesus is making. Loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself is more important than the letter of the law. When I healed that man on the Sabbath. I was delivering him from 38 years of infirmity. There's another episode in, one in the other Gospels where Jesus is in a synagogue on the Sabbath. And there is a woman there that has had an infirmity for several years. And Jesus healed her on the Sabbath. And the rabbi, the head of the synagogue, blew his stack. You people can come and be healed six days out of the week, not on the Sabbath. And Jesus says to this man, he turns in front of the crowd, he turns to this man and he said, let me ask you a question. When you get home, you got a donkey or an ox in your corral? Aren't you going to lead that donkey or that ox out to where it can get a drink, even though it's the Sabbath? And everybody there is going, am I breaking the Sabbath by leading that animal to the Yes, I am. But what am I also, I'm being kind. I'm being kind. I am delivering this woman of several years' debilitation. Don't. Don't. Same thing for your donkey or your ox, if it belonged to you, Mr. Rabbi. I will set this child of God free. A man, if a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, chapter verse twenty-three, so that the law of Moses should not be broken. Are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath, meaning the pool, man at the pool of Bethesda? Do not judge according to appearance. Not superficially, but judge with righteous judgment. Now, some of them from Jerusalem, who are natives of the city, they weren't just there for the feast, said, is this not he whom they seek to kill? Wait a minute. Jesus, who just a few minutes before said, you want to kill me? And they're going, what in the world are you talking about? Oh, wait, is this the one? that they put on the hit list? Is this the one they're seeking to kill? But look, he speaks boldly and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this truly is the Christ? (gasps) Do they know that he really is the Messiah? Why haven't they arrested him? He's sitting right here in the temple, right in their own playground, They're not stopping him. They're not arresting him. Look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ, the Messiah? However, we know where this man is from. But when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. By the way, that's utter nonsense. (laughs) That's utter nonsense. So these are... What did I say at the beginning of this? The Gospel of John, these chapters 1 through 12, is the kinds of belief. Not everybody has gotten a grasp of even the Hebrew Scriptures. What does the Scripture say about Messiah, by the way? O Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among all the villages of Judah, from out of you shall come forth the one to be ruler among my people. Whose goings forth are from of old, even from everlasting, oh by the way, his true point of origin isn't Bethlehem, it's heaven itself, he is God. this one who will come via Bethlehem will be God, does it say oh yes, it does, and he will be a descendant of David, and he will there's a whole lot of things in the Hebrew scriptures that give the early life experience of. But all they know, by the way, is this guy's from Galilee. He's a Nazarene. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Well, yes. Yes. It does say in Hebrew scriptures that I will bring a branch out of Jesse. You know what the word Nazareth means? Branch town. Branch town. Nazar is the Hebrew word for branch. And he's called Branch, a Nazarene. He's Branch Man. (laughs) God gets it. God, I mean, God, just from every direction, has his fingerprints all over our Lord. We know where this man is from. No, they don't really. They think he's, from there. he's actually born in Bethlehem of the seed of David. And out of Egypt I have called my son. And all those things you can read in the Matthew and the Luke Gospels. We know where this man is from. But when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. Then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple. You both know me and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself. But he who sent me is true, authentic. Whom you do not know, but I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. What's Jesus talking I am from heaven. My true point of origin is heaven. I've been sent. I, God the Son, have been sent by God. come of myself but he who sent me is true can, will pass the test whom you do not know you do not know the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob these are Jews who have come to Jerusalem to keep the feast of tab. they see themselves as the real thing and Jesus is saying no you're not the real thing the real thing are those who, like Abraham, understand. Understand. When God shows up, they know. They know. Therefore, they sought to take him, but no one laid a hand on them, him because his hour was not yet come. They couldn't put a hand on him because it wasn't the time. The time was coming when they would be able to do so according to God's plan. But no matter how energized they were in their anger towards him and their motivation to lay hands on him and beat him up and turn him over to the Jewish leadership so they can do more, follow through on their having put him on the hit list, they couldn't lay a finger on it. That's, By the way, that's true for you. That's true for me. What did we read in the psalm? He's with us. He's with us. Are we tested? Yes, we're tested, but he's with us in the test. It cannot have the ill effect on us that Satan purposes. If we're walking with God, we will pass through that test and step into kingdom glory. Therefore, they sought to take him, but no one, Laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. And many of the people believed in him. Oh. There were people there with a level of belief that said, yes, yes, yes. There were many there who believed in him and said, when the Christ, the Messiah, comes, will he do more signs than these which this man has done? They had just followed the simple process. Some of them may have even been witnesses to when he cleansed the temple for and did this mass of signs. You know, it's very interesting. I said to you that John's gospel, especially chapters 1 through 12, is the gospel to unbelievers, especially those chapters. You can read the other gospels. There are a massive number of miracles that are laid out. There are only seven Laid out in John's Gospel. I mean, he says Jesus does a massive number of signs, miracles, at the cleansing of the temple and all, but he only actually specifies seven signs, seven miracles turning water into wine, healing the nobleman's son from afar, go home, your son is healed. And he went home, then got there the next day, (laughs) and yes, your son was healed. At this time yesterday, yes, that's exactly when Jesus told me. He feeds the 5,000. He walks on the water. He heals the man at the pool of Bethesda. And we've only got two more to go. He's going to heal the man born blind, and he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Why Why does John limit himself to those specific seven signs, miracles? I think it's simply this. If those seven aren't enough for you, 77 wouldn't have been enough. 707. Evidence is evidence is is evidence. And enough evidence is enough evidence is enough evidence. And he presents enough evidence. The eighth sign, I said there were seven, there's actually eight. The eighth one is Jesus' own resurrection. But the ones that are presented to the readers who are not yet in the kingdom are those seven. And many of the people believed in him and said, when the Christ comes, will he do more signs than these which this man has done? This guy is overwhelming us with the miracles, with the signs, with the proofs, the evidences of his self-declarations. We couldn't ask for more. Why don't we believe in Oh, I think we will believe in him. And there were many that believed. Well, what did I indicate at the beginning of this message? What is John chapters one through twelve about? What kind of belief or believe what kind of belief do you have? What kind of believer are you? Are you the kind that embraces the evidence that hears the word of God? Or are you the one that says This is a hard saying. This is really too much for me. To believe that the true and living God has come in the flesh to manifest himself before me? How great is God's love, mercy, grace for you and me? So great, so great, so great that yes, he does. And if you're in the kingdom right now, you know why it is? Because there was a point in your life when God came to you. It may have been as simple as it was for me in the first grade. They lined up all the kids in the first grade at my public school, marched us about three blocks down the street in the basement of a church, and a little old gray-haired lady, Child of Evangelism Fellowship, presented to us an illustration, a red heart, a black heart, and a white heart. Kids, you got a problem. You got a black heart. Would you like to have a white heart? Let me tell you how God enables you to have a white heart. And I don't remember what she said, but I remember I believed her. And I was sitting there. And if you want a white heart, raise your hand. God was in the basement of that church with me and my classmates. And I wasn't the only hand that flew into the air. Of the universe was there in that basement and I had an encounter with God as real as what these people were having and we can do the same thing yes Lord I Your grace, your mercy has welcomed us into the kingdom. Yes, by what you did on the cross, you made it all possible because you paid sin's penalty for the entire human race on the cross. And then you tracked us down and we had a divine. Thank you for being the aggressive pursuer, the shepherd who seeks the sheep, who seeks the lost lamb, and you brought us each home on your shoulders rejoicing. We give you all the praise. Please enable us this week to share that gospel message with others. Open doors. Enable us to be aware of those opportunities so that when they come, we, by the help of your Holy Spirit, will step through the door and engage that opportunity that we might be your instruments in being the divine messenger in someone else's life experience we ask this of you good shepherd jesus and all god's people said